Praise the Lord. I want to talk to you this morning uh, about prayer. I want to review just a little bit from last week, and then, then we'll kind of get into it. So if you've got your Bibles, you can go ahead and turn to Matthew 6, 5. Matthew 6, 5. Last week was in Matthew, and we'll be here this week. We'll also be here next week, also in Matthew. Last week, I asked the question, what if? And we looked in Matthew 2, or Matthew 6, 2. And it says, when we give, and then verse 5 says, when we pray, and then verse 18, when we fast, Jesus says. And I asked the question, what if? What if we gave the way the Scriptures instructed us, and what if we prayed the way the Scripture instructed us, and what if we fasted the way the Scripture teaches us? What would our lives look like? What would our marriages look like? What would our children's lives look like? What what real, and really, what would, what would we look like? You know, it's, it's easy to focus on everybody else. But when you get right down to it, it's, it, if you want to make the biggest change in your life, that biggest change comes from in here. You know, a lot of times we say, man, if my wife just wouldn't say that, if she just wouldn't. I seen a post the other day that says, uh, why do women have to remind us every six months to do something? Why do they have to do that? I don't know why they have to remind us. Every six months, they remind us we got to do something. But uh, if we want to see the biggest change in our, in our lives, of course, we know it can come by looking inwardly. So, you know, we, we should ask ourselves, you know, what, what would our lives look like? What would our children's lives look like? You know, if we, if, uh, you know, if we brought our children uh, to church, you know, every Sunday and made sure they went to, to the groups, and what, what would happen there is that they would form friendships and relationships in those Sunday school classes, in those youth groups. And let me assure you, if you've never heard uh, Rebecca speak, uh, I assure you, under her watch, they are not back there playing patty cake. Okay? I will assure you that. Your child is getting taught the Word of God back there. So, and then, and then last week also we read in Matthew 6, no less than six times, Jesus mentioned, uh, the, mentioned rewards. So, so we can see that when we give, when we pray, and when we fast, according to Scripture, that God will do something upon our behalf. Now, that's not the reason we do it. We should do it out of obedience. That's why we should do it, out of obedience. But when we do it out of obedience, God rewards us for that. So, when we do these things, here's the good thing. We can expect God to show up. We can expect him to show up in our lives. And I'll tell you, I think that's really, if there's any place, if there's any place in God's heart that there's sorrow, I think it's because his children will not let him be involved in more things, in more areas of their life. But today I want to talk to you about something different. Today I want to talk about, do you have time? Is there anybody here that has time this morning? Not what time it is. Do you have time? Is there anybody not busy? Is there anybody not doing anything tomorrow? Frank, how long would it be before you could start a project? You won't say? <laughs> you know why he won't say? Because he don't have time. Darren, where are you at? Is Darren here? How long, how long, how long would it be before you could start a project? You'd have to ask Frank. You'd have to <laughs> 
You're talking about a church that works together. This is a church that works together right here. <laughs> Nobody has time. You know, I had two people this week I was wanting to go see and go visit. And guess what? I, I didn't have time. Do we have time? Do we have time? I mean, well, let me ask you this. Hey, does anybody here have time for Facebook? <laughs> huh? You thought I was going to be nice this morning, didn't you? No. Does anybody here have time for video games? Where's the young section at? Sure, absolutely. What about the Wayne County Press? Or as Pastor Mark would call it, the Wayne County Mess. <laughs> what about reading a novel? Does anybody have time to read a novel? Do you got time for TV? You got time for, got time for sports? Hey, what about this one? Does anybody have time for a nap this afternoon? <laughs> pretty much, pretty much. You know, but here's the problem. You know, we have, we have time for what we want to make time for. You know what? We do, don't we? It's kind of like our finances. <laughs> that's not in my notes. That's just, that's just for free. Kind of like our finances. We can afford what, what we want to, what's important to us. That's what, you know, that's what we'll do. Matthew 6, 5. We'll start there and we'll read down through verse 6. Matthew 6, 5 through verse 6. And Jesus says, when you pray, don't be like the hypocrites who love to pray publicly on the street corners and the synagogues where everyone can see them. I tell you the truth that their reward they will ever get. That's all the reward they'll ever get. Verse 6, but when you pray, go away by yourself, shut the door behind you and pray to your father in private. Then your father who sees everything will reward you. So it's easy to see here, and that's what we looked at last week, is that, you know, God don't recommend for us to give. He says when we give. And we see the same thing. Jesus says the same thing here when we pray. But a lot of times that kind of brings up the question, but what is prayer and what should we pray for? I mean, what is this thing called prayer? It seems to be so difficult. It seems to be so complicated but in reality, it's not. And nothing. And and, some, and, and and hopefully, if we have time at the very end, I'm going to tell you why an idea of why some of our prayers don't get answered. But very simply, prayer is communicating with God. Prayer is taking time out of our busy schedule and seeking God, having communi communicating with God. Does anybody have time to pray? No, you don't have. You don't have time to Facebook either. You don't have time to follow the Cubs either. <laughs> Heaven forbid. <laughs> you don't have time for these things. But you know what we do? We make time for those things because they're important to us. Well, let me tell you, our prayers, our taking the time and praying is important to God. It's important to Him. Oh, my goodness. My mom and dad are right back there, I, and I just had the thought, what if I went for two or three weeks and never spoke to them? That would be terrible. That would be very disheartening for me and, and for them. So we need to somehow, some way, we've got to get this prayer thing 
into our lives. Somehow we have to incorporate it. Because we're all busy, we're all going places, we're all trying to keep up with everything. We're trying to keep all these balls of juggling in the air. We're doing everything we can to keep our family happy, our church happy, and our friend. And we're trying to do all these things. And so many times God gets put on the back burner. Let me just give you a quick, a quick idea. When you're on your way to work, don't text don't talk, and shut the radio off. And there's a good chance you'll have 10, 15, 20, 30 minutes, maybe even 45 minutes of time to pray as you're driving. Obviously, pray with your eyes open. Okay? (laughs) Don't get over in the spirit too deep, okay? Prayer is a direct line with our Heavenly Father. It's not a text message. Do you know how many things can get messed up in a text message? Oh my goodness. <laughs> Gary Rayburn shared with me one time about text messages, and you do not want to trust a text message. They said, What? And you said, What? Are you sure? Yeah, that's the way text messages go. And it's not a phone call either. Prayer is not a phone call. It's not FaceTime. But see, our prayer is not like that. The scripture actually says that we come to the throne of grace. All the way to the throne. You think it's pretty miraculous that a cell phone starts here. Your voice starts here and goes who knows how far up to a satellite and then comes all the way back. You think that's amazing? When you talk to your heavenly father, it goes all the way to his throne. Amen. Amen. Now, see, that's a privilege. That's a privilege. That's, that's something that we should not take for granted. But here's the question. Do we have time? Do we have time for that? Do we have time to pray? And the answer is no. But we do have time for video and Facebook. And we got time for a novel and sports. We already said we got time for a nap. Prayer is a direct line to the throne of God. See, without prayer, our relationship with God becomes weak. I'll say it again. Without prayer, our relationship with God becomes weak. Now, here's what we have to, here's what we have to ask ourselves. How can we have a relationship with anybody without communication? I don't care who it is. You can't have a relationship with your parents or your children or, or your girlfriend or your boyfriend, anybody without communication. So how can we have a communication if we don't, or how can we have a relationship if we don't speak back and forth? How long would a marriage last if there wasn't any communication? If there wasn't any speaking going on in a marriage, how long would it last? Did somebody say... <laughs> it might last longer if we don't speak, if we don't speak. <laughs> so we know that our marriage, <laughs> oh man. Uh, so we know that our relationships, our marriage would not last very long. And you know, and probably if you got right down to it, and there's probably a statistic for this because there's statistics for everything. 
But you know, I wonder what, before divorce happens, I wonder what the average time of no communication is. I wonder if husband and wife, if they don't speak for a month, or even though they're living together, they don't speak for a month or two weeks or three months or six months. Communication is important. Not only in our marriages, but with God, God also. Amen. Or what about, a communi- uh, what about communication or a marriage where only one person does all the talking? What about that? That's no fun. Does anybody have any friends in here? I don't. So that's the reason I can say this. Is there anybody here that has a, has a friend that the moment you pick, pick up the phone, they're talking? And when you hang up, hang up the phone, they're still talking? <laughs> Does anybody have a friend like that? Sometimes that's the way we are with God. <laughs> I don't do that. Sometimes that's the way we are with God. It's like, okay, God, I got 30 seconds. Go. God bless them, bless them, bless them, bless my finances, watch over my kids, do this, do this. Okay, see ya. And that's, it's not good. It's not good to be like that. Let me tell you, I truly believe that 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 is one of the main reasons we don't get our prayers answered. Because Here's why I think it works. I think we bring, the Bible tells us to bring our petitions to God. Bring our needs to him. In fact, the scripture says he knows what we need before we ever ask it. But he still says ask. Okay? But I think we come to him with our need, with our prayer request, with our troubles, however you want to word it. And we come to him and we lay it all out there. And then we say something like, okay, God, I'm going to leave this list with you. You work on that, and I'll be back tomorrow. We'll see how you've done. (laughs) Does anybody do that? I think we do, not knowing. Not knowing, I think we do. And the next day we come back and, well, God, you, here's my list. You you haven't done nothing. (laughs) You know? You haven't got one thing of my list done, God. What have you been doing? Just holding the world together is all he's been doing. But you know what I think the way it's supposed to work, and we're going to look at this here in a minute. The way it's supposed to work is we bring our petitions to God and say, God, I'm really struggling in this one area, and I really need your help help to work on this. Oh, oh, that's what I need to do? (laughs) Well, thank you, Lord. And then we go implement that. And then, you know, we come to God. God, my, my kids, they are just a mess. They're out of control. What should I do? Oh, I never thought about that. <gasps> you want me to do that? <gasps> Spank them. <laughs> what? <laughs> They've never been spanked. And we know what God says, yeah. <clears throat> Probably what God says, was you ever spanked when you were the kid? And how many can go like this? Yeah, yeah. So it's very important that prayer 
is a two-way communication. It has to work both ways. If it don't go both ways, it will not work. If it won't go, if, if you don't go, if prayer does not go both ways, it will not work. Amen. 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 In Isaiah 118, God said to the prophet Isaiah, he says, come and let us reason together. He told Isaiah. That's why he tells us too, not just the prophet of the Old Testament. He tells us too, come boldly to the throne of grace. Just come on up here. Let's talk for a minute. That's why he told, that's why he told Isaiah, just come and let us reason together. Just, just come, let us, let us talk about this for a while. Just come here and let's, let's just figure your life out. You know, I think that's what God wants to do. He just says, he says, come on, let's, let's come over here. Just imagine your mind for a minute, you and God sat down to talk. And guess what? You're not talking about God's problems. You're talking about your problems. So you and him converse back and forth. And guess what I just bet? I just bet that if we will listen I bet God has the answer for our problems and our issues. Would anybody want to argue that point? No. No. But see, we will only get those answers. We'll only get those responses, those revelations, those understandings. We'll only get that wisdom when we listen after we pray. It cannot be a one-sided conversation. Jesus tells us in Matthew 6, 33, he says, seek the kingdom of God and all of these things and live righteously and he will give us everything that we need. New Century Version says, seek first the kingdom of God and what God wants and all your other needs will be met. So we need to understand When we give, when we pray, and when we fast, we are seeking the kingdom of God. We are seeking what God wants. When we give, like I mentioned earlier, when we give, God takes that, blesses a multitude of people, multiplies it, and gives it back to us. When we pray, we are literally opening up our lives And we're saying, God, I want you to have an active part in my life. Now tell me how. When we fast, we're asking God. We're fasting to get closer to God so that we can hear his voice better. And when we fast, we're asking God to have an active part in our lives and in those lives around us. So when we Give, when we pray, when we fast, we are seeking the kingdom of God. But notice right in the middle there is prayer. When we pray, it's not about bringing our laundry list to God. It's about talking to him with, about our problems and then listening for the answers. Amen. I want to give you three scriptures. I'm about out of time. I'll give you three scriptures. And I want you to listen to these three scriptures. And I want you to... To listen for God's will in each one of these scriptures, okay? I want you to listen to, for God's, God's will. See if you can figure out what God's will is. Matthew 6, 10, the Lord's Prayer, Jesus is praying to the Father. He says, 
your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. 2 Peter 3, 9, it says, It's God's will for none to perish, but all come to the knowledge of Jesus Christ. And the third one, John 3, 16, says, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever shall believe in him shall not perish, but have everlasting life. Now, what is God wanting to do here? In all three of these scriptures, what's God wanting to do? He is wanting his will to be manifested in all of our lives. I'll go one step farther. Matthew 6.10, the Lord's Prayer. You know, there's a guy, and, 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 I, and I, just, uh, I just got it. I haven't read it yet. There's a guy that wrote uh, a book, 21 Seconds, It'll Change Your Life. And it's concerning the Lord's Prayer. I haven't read it yet. I've just got it. Jesus says, Matthew 6, 10, he says, your kingdom come, notice this, your will be done on earth. So not just in our lives, but he also wants his will to be done upon this earth also. But it'll only be done when we listen to her about the prayers. That's the only time. Okay, I'm closing with this. 1 Kings 17, we looked at this Wednesday night just briefly. And I truly believe that this is a story about answered prayer. 1 Kings 17. I'll share it with you and then, and then we'll look at a couple of scriptures. Very simply, a prophet of God named Elijah. And there was a famine in the land. And God had been supplying Elijah's food and water by the brook. And the ravens had been feeding him. And then, uh, and then one day, God told Elijah to go to a town, and there is a woman there that I have commanded to feed you. Now think about this just for, just for a moment. There is a woman there that I have commanded, not all translations say commanded, but uh, some of them say requested. Some of them say ask. So there's a famine in the land. Elijah, the man of God, and God is sending him to a woman that's going to feed him. That God had commanded this woman, you feed him. When he gets there, you feed him. Now think for me just for a moment. This scripture says nothing about prayer. But think, it's in a famine. There's no food anywhere. Later on, later on we'll see that, that this woman had a little bit of oil left in her oil bucket and a little bit of flour. You kids aren't getting this at all. Let me tell you, there was one quarter pounder left. That's, that's, all, that's all there was, okay? There was one quarter pounder left. That's all there was. You couldn't go to the store. The stores were empty. The restaurants were empty. It was all gone. So this woman and her son, she says, I just plan on eating our last meal, and then me and my son, we're going to die. That's as far as her hope could get her. So just think with me just for a moment. 
a mother, and we know that she, she, was a, uh, she believed in God because she, she promised, she swore in the name of God that that's all she had. So we, she, we know she's a believer. Another thing that tells us that she was a believer is because somehow, some way, God commanded her or requested her to take care and feed Elijah. Now, just think about it. If you was a mother, if you was a widow, and you had a son, and there was a famine in the land, what would you do? You would pray. Is that right? I know how you mamas are. You mamas pray over, pray over your children. So here you have this widow woman. I think it's, very, it's safe to say that this widow woman prayed to God and asked for help. And I'd say it probably went something like this. God, there's a famine in the land. I am out of flour. I'm out of oil. It's just me and my son. And if you don't intervene, we're going to die. So God says, that was her request to God. So God says, I'm going to send the man. And when I do, you feed him. Okay? So here comes Elijah. He comes walking up. And he says, could I have a drink of water? And then he says, can I have a piece of bread also? And as she's going, she says, oh, oh no. All I have is a little bit of flour and a little bit of oil. That's all I have. Just enough for me and my son. And that's it. We're just going to eat and we're going to die. But see, God had already commanded her. He had already told her the answer to her prayer. He said, God told her, I'm going to send the man. So see, at that time, that widow woman, she had a decision to make. God told me the answer to my prayer, but now will I fulfill that? She probably thought in her mind, well, God, I really thought that you would send him when I had a half a, half a, half a thing of oil left and a half a thing of flour left. I didn't realize you was going to send him when I had nothing left. I didn't know you was going to require me to, to believe you in faith. I didn't know you was going to ask something of me. I just wanted you to work on the situation. I didn't know I was going to have to stretch. I didn't know I was going to have to obey. Long story short, God had commanded her to feed Elijah so that her and her son would be saved. You see, the widow woman went to God with her request. Went to God with her problem. And God said, I've got your problem taken care of. If you'll let me be involved and if you'll listen to me, I'll lead you out of your problem. Amen. Now see, she had, a, she had a very important decision to make, didn't she? Mm. Yeah, a very important decision to make. So she had already been commanded, but she had a decision to make. Am I going to obey God or am I not? Am I going to trust God with this last little bit? And we pick it up in verse 13. Then Elijah said to her, now notice this, because fear always enters in. Elijah said to her, do not fear. Go and do as you have said, which she said she was going to make a cake for her and her son. But notice this. 
Make me a little bread cake from it first and bring it out to me. And afterwards, you may make one for yourself and your son. And at that point, she had a decision to make. Am I going to obey God? Am I going to trust God? Am I going to get the answer? Am I going to walk in the answer to my problem that he's given me? Verse 14, Elijah said to her, For thus saith the Lord God of Israel, notice he reaffirms, he reaffirms what God had already told her. God told her to feed him because that was the answer to her problem. Verse 14, it says, For thus says the Lord God of Israel, the bowl of flour shall not be exhausted, and uh, nor shall your jar of oil be empty until the day of the Lord sends rain on the face of the earth. And then verse 15. So she went and did according to the word of Elijah, and she and he and her household ate for many days. Amen. 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 Bow your heads with me, please. Heavenly Father, we worship you this morning. We praise you this morning. Father, I just pray, Father, that, that these words that have been spoken here this morning, that they'll minister to this congregation and their lives. Father, I just pray, Father, not only will they just receive this word now, but they'll take this word with them. And tonight and tomorrow and Tuesday and Wednesday and Thursday and Friday, I pray that they'll open their heart to you and they'll start that casual conversation with you. That not only will we bring our request to you, but we'll wait and hear for the answer. Because we believe, Father, that you have the answer to everything. We believe that you are the answer. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. It is our prayer that you have been blessed as you've listened to this message. If you would like to become a partner with this ministry, please contact us here at Orchardville Church. You can visit our website at orchardvillechurch.com or you can contact us by phone at area code 618-835-2677.